on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, November 18th, Thursday before we take a little time off. Take a little break from uh, from the off-season. That's right, off-season edition of Corner of the Galaxy, unfortunately for all that. As the MLS playoffs get ready to start up, uh, we're going to take a break over this next uh, Thanksgiving week. So this is sort of our last show, and I figured I'd just come to you and talk to you for a little bit. So on the docket for tonight, we're going to talk about a defender who maybe is following in the steps of uh, Julian Araujo just a little bit, just for a second. We're not going to get a hold, of, hold, hold deep into it. We're going to talk about the home opener, well, not the Galaxy's home opener, but maybe some of the things we can deduce for the Galaxy's home opener, knowing that the LA Galaxy will go somewhere else for somebody else's home opener. We, well, I'll give you a little update of what's happening behind the scenes behind the LA Galaxy right now this week. Uh, we'll talk about the young player of the year that got named and how it wasn't Julian Araujo. Uh, Staples Center actually has some relevance. We're going to talk about Staples Center and how it's not called the Staples Center anymore. Uh, and a whole bunch of other little things, MLS focus groups, uh, Dennis DeClosa updates, uh, odds to win MLS Cup, all that fun stuff. So that's all we got. You're, it's just me. It's just me. So you guys, are, I guess, are stuck with me uh, today uh, for the next, I don't know, let's just call it 30 minutes or so. We'll call it 30 minutes, and, and we'll make ourselves happy if we, if we get it that far through it. Um, but first of all, hope everybody's doing well. I know uh, the week before Thanksgiving can be a little crazy. It's a little crazy here for here for at the Pato household as well. Um, I was I was in full dad gear today. I had my dad vest on. Uh, I have my dad mug with my dad tea. Um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm I'm dadding it out as the the kids are getting ready for for the holiday season and all that stuff. Uh, if you've really been paying attention, I've been building a garden railroad um, out in front of my house. It's very very small. If you don't know what a garden railroad is, you should go on to YouTube and type in garden railroad um, and see all the amazing things that people do there. Um, so I've been doing some of that, just trying to take my mind off of soccer for a little bit. But don't worry, I talked to some people today, talked to some people throughout the week. Uh, I've been seeing people been getting their shoes. I've been told by a birdie that my shoes got delayed. Um, I think the LA Galaxy sent me some shoes. Vicky Mercado said uh, that she was working on that. So if those show up, I will share some pictures of those. Um, so that way you guys can see that. But um, yeah, just, uh, just you know, trying to trying to ease my way into this holiday season. You know, we really haven't been able to do the holidays. And I imagine, like most of us, we're excited. Uh, we're excited for, for going and, and being able to spend some time with family and that type of thing. So uh, getting out there a little bit more. So hope everybody's doing safe. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, I know there were some people out there for the select seat events and some different things like that at, at the stadium um, online, trying to find different seats and, and move around. If you're a season ticket member, that's one of the things you get to do in the off season. Um, I will tell you right now, and it was funny because I was discussing uh, some things with the Galaxy today, and I was sort of saying, I go, yeah, you know, I imagine this is going to be kind of quiet here in this next week. And they're like, maybe, kind of, sure, it should be. Um, but when you think about it, like in in actual off season this year, we're going to have like five, five and a half weeks of actual offseason, if that. Uh, as we've said on the show before, we're expecting the LA Galaxy to report back to camp in the middle of January. So if you figure once we're through Christmas, which, let's see, what's today? It's the 18th, so we're a little, little over a month away from Christmas. Once Christmas is over, we're going to be back, and we're going to be talking about things 
Um, and I mean, you know, all that stuff is going to happen. And um, if you think things are going to be quiet this week, um, I think through the end of this week, it's Thursday. I, I, there's a chance there's something announced on Friday. I just don't think that that's going to happen. But I do think there's a chance there's an announcement um, on the Thanksgiving week. And while it shouldn't be, um, it, they they're gonna they they might squeeze some stuff in there. I would actually prefer if they wait till after because I think things get sort of uh, bogged down in different things. So. Uh, feel the burn was like five weeks too long for the offseason. Yeah, I know. I, I I get it, and I also don't get it. It is funny because um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about the news. The home opener uh for Charlotte FC was announced today, um, and that is that the LA Galaxy will travel to Charlotte and be their first opponent in Major League Soccer at their home. Actually, that's probably not even true because Charlotte will probably go on the road, so it'll be their their first opponent at home. Um, is the LA Galaxy? So their inaugural home match. Uh, will be will be played. We'll be there. Um, it's going to be played March 5th. It's a 5 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. So you'll be able to uh, to watch that from here. If you're not uh, Bank of America Stadium, there is a chance because Bank of America Stadium holds 73,000 something people. There is a chance that they could set the all time record for the highest attended game in Major League Soccer, which currently I think is an Atlanta United game, um, maybe against the Portland Timbers, or it was either that one, it was that one, or the one against the LA Galaxy. I'm trying to remember exactly, but there was around seventy two thousand. So, if you want to go, this is one of those things. I know the Galaxy fans have already been booking hotels for this game. Um, so uh, keep that in mind. Again, March fifth, twenty twenty two, eight p.m. Uh, Eastern time. There's going to be some pauses tonight. I have to I have to drink my tea while I'm going and and do this. Um, by the way, a, a little shout out to uh, Anthony who says forks up. I'm wearing my uh, my my Sun Devil shirt today. It's my ASU Arizona State Sun Devil shirt, and I got my forks there. So forks up, and then Pablo as well forks up a little five dollar super chat in there as well. I didn't know that ASU was going to get so much love today. Um, I, I really need to get back there. By the way, I, I was there from '99 uh, to 2004 ish in school and then stayed there for a little bit longer to work and, and do some things. And I have not been back a whole bunch since then really want to take uh, my wife who has never been there. So, um, you know, one of those things, go see some games, that type of thing. But, uh, back to Charlotte game, this is going to be, uh, you know, a super interesting one trying to, uh, be the first team you're playing in a stadium that more than likely will be filled with Charlotte fans. I know there's galaxy fans who are already booking flights and doing things. Um, Raleigh Durham is not that far away. If you're traveling, by the way, just FYI, um, we flew into RDU um, whenever I was on vacation in June um, to go to uh, to I flew out of RDU whenever I was on vacation in June um, whenever I was in North Carolina. So um, you can you can head down that way. It's like two, two and a half hours or something like that. It's not a super long drive. Charlotte's a little bit of a smaller town whenever it comes to that thing. So um, definitely uh, come in. By the way, John in the chat room says I used to party at ASU. John, so did everybody. I mean, you know, uh, more or less. By the way, totally. I mean, really a, a, a sea change in Arizona state in terms of how much they have changed in, in some different things. So we'll, we'll, you know, we don't, we don't need to get into that. Um, was a party school certainly still is a party school because of how many people are there, but a, a lot of things, uh, to talk about and a lot of things to, uh, sort of go. I always love it whenever I'm on the air and I'm getting messages from people. Let me just say, do, 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 just looking, just want to make sure I'm not, not meaning that there's, you know, I just want to make sure there's nothing breaking news type messages. I was on, it was on my special bat channel line. So I had to, I had to check that. So anyway, um, Anthony, congratulations attending grad school at ASU. Um, that's awesome. So Charlotte game, that's where we're at. Uh, you know, this is going to be a big one. People are booking hotels, book your flights, that type of thing. You have some time to look for some deals too, but realistically March 5th is not that far away, but we also know that MLS has said that the season starts on February 26th, which is a Saturday. So February 26th is a Saturday, February 27th is a Sunday, uh, and then March 5th is the next weekend. So we know the LA Galaxy are playing a game on that first weekend. In all likelihood, it's unlikely the Galaxy start their first two games on the road. MLS usually doesn't like to do that. So you could imagine that the weekend of the 26th and 27th, the LA Galaxy more than likely will be have hosting a home game. So if you're looking for the first home game uh, for the LA Galaxy, it's either that 26th or 27th, and you would imagine it's the 26th, being that they have to go all the way and fly to Charlotte in order to do that uh, do that next one. So there you go. That's where we're that's where we're at for that. So wanted to make sure that you sort of understood what that sets up and how that goes. Now, if you'll also remember, there are only eight non-conference games coming up 
in 2022. So this is one of them. You already know that you have one of your of your eight non-conference opponents, which leaves you just seven left. So you got the expansion team. Uh, Charlotte so far, I don't have a I don't have a good feel on Charlotte. Um, I can't really tell you whether or not they're they're an FC Cincinnati or they're an Atlanta United. It feels like they're an FC Cincinnati closer to that. Maybe they're probably in the middle somewhere, maybe in Nashville in their first year. Um, so keep an eye on them as they build out this season. Remember, there's going to be expansion drafts, all sorts of things. We're still waiting for sort of the off-season calendar. But imagine that with only five or six weeks actually off this season, that the schedule for the off-season drafts and all that stuff is going to be super condensed. So I imagine it's going to be rapid fire. So we will be very busy on this show talking about all those drafts and all the things. Now, also, the LA Galaxy had Joe Corona picked last year in the expansion draft. And in years past, being Charlotte is part of the same expansion class as Austin, because they usually do them in twos, um, the LA Galaxy could actually be uh, excluded from the expansion draft coming up, so wouldn't even have to protect anybody and don't have to worry about it. That's something to watch. That doesn't mean that they can't do business with Charlotte, and certainly we've been talking about Dan Steris and his contract availability and and sort of how that's going, um, and whether or not perhaps somebody in MLS would like a, a you know American defender. Um, because for whatever reason, it feels like Greg Vanning maybe not as impressed with Dan Starris as, as other coaches have been. And if that's the case, then it's time to move, right? You got to move and you can get value from that because they, he's an American defender. So that's more my view on what Greg Vanny sees than what my view is, um, because you know my view. I would actually, you know, I'd start Dan Starris a lot more. Um, so, you know, that's that's something to look for as we go into this offseason. There's going to be a lot of stuff that will happen rapid fire and having said that, you're going to have to pay attention very quickly because things are going to happen very quickly. Now, another player, and I, I sort of hinted at this in some of my promos for the show, um, was there's another defender who sort of seems to be taking that Julian Araujo route, which is Jalen Neal playing for the U-20s, sort of advancing his progression. Uh, we saw him at the beginning of the year, and then he got injured. Uh, if you'll remember that, played a lot with LA Galaxy 2, played well for LA Galaxy 2. I'm sure a lot of people know that. Been playing with the USU 20s, sort of getting that international experience. Again, starting to build that repertoire, right? So Jalen Neal is one of those guys who possibly you could see um, come in and uh, you know fight for some starting positions um, on, on that center back line, or at least be a fill-in on that center back line. Uh, if you look at Sega Koulibaly and Derek Williams, um, and Nick Depew and Dan Starez, uh, then you have Jalen Neal and for Kranis and Julian Araujo and whoever's going to back up Julian Araujo, just so Neil Fisher come back, you know, those types of things. So you have to look at how they're sort of going to start building this out. Now, one of the things that we're all waiting for, of course, is the, the roster decisions, right? We're waiting on those roster decisions. What's going to happen um, and what has been happening with the LA Galaxy. So let's go a little bit behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy right now. Basically, the LA Galaxy are in, and this, these are these are basics. It's not true for everyone, all right? But they're in voluntary workout mode. Uh, voluntary workouts are exactly that. They're voluntary. Um, it, it means that some guys don't have a schedule. It means that some guys are coming in every day already. Some guys are taking some time off. And both of those things are perfectly fine and okay. As a matter of fact, after a 34-game season, I would want some guys to go away and, and refresh and come back and be ready to go whenever things rapidly fire back up. But we know some of the players have been uh, going overseas. We know that some of the players have been uh, taking little vacations. Um, some of the guys who live you know, overseas in Europe have headed back and are doing that and are going to spend some time with their families and see everybody and then make their way back again. So um, you know, these are all things that are sort of happening right now because it's voluntary workouts. The CBA mandates, I think a certain amount of like workout availability up to a certain point, and then it's voluntary and you don't have to show up. So, um, like again, some of the guys have been showing up, some of the guys haven't been showing up, but what we know is that the LA galaxy players before they were able to depart or able to sort of be part of this voluntary program, um, looks like they had to go through their exit exams, right? So their exit physicals, uh, usually guys get physicals whenever they come in. Then they get physicals whenever they go out. And the idea here is that for teams who pay players money and who, who, who owe a lot of money to players and pay for these things, they want to know when the player leaves what condition their body is in, right? So that way, if they're like, okay, we're going to take a look at everything and like, do you have any injuries? They're like, no, 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 I'm good, the whole deal. And then the player comes back with, you know, a broken ankle and you're like, well, what were you doing while you're gone? Oh, no, no, I got this one before I left. It's like, no, you didn't because we have the, we have the whole workup on you and there's no, there's no ankle injury. So 
Um, that's one of the things that happens. And it's also to get an idea of where the guys are, you know, for the, for the sports medicine side of how much their body is worn down from the beginning too. Right. And they do these periodic checks. I mean, they are monitored every single day and every single week about recovery and fitness and all these other things, but that's all information that sports scientists can write down um, and keep track of guys. So you have this ending point where you're like, okay, well, this is where you were and this is where the end. And so if we have those two things, is there a way to get you to be more at your peak for longer periods of time? Is there something, you know, are the minutes wearing on you looking at somebody like Chicharito, um, and whether or not, uh, you know, he can handle the load of being a 90 minute 34 game player. And the answer this year was no. And he missed two months of the season, about 12 games. Right. And he still had a ridiculously productive season. And if he doesn't, if he misses only six of those games, uh, or you, or you, or you limit minutes. And we talked about this before a little over 2000 minutes, uh, is about 60 minutes per game on a 34. It's, it's over that, but it's right around that number. Um, if you figure that you average 60 minutes, well, that just means, that doesn't mean that, you know, Chicharito just goes 60 minutes for every game and comes out. It means that sometimes he's going to play 90 and sometimes he's not going to play at all. Um, and so you need to sort of figure out what your plan is for that um, and and sort of how that, how that fits. Uh, so that's what has been going on. And the exit interviews with the coaching staff and the technical staff, right? Hey, this is what we thought of this year. This is what we thought you did well. This is what we think you need to improve on. And this offseason, uh, we want, you know, hey, we want you to come back. Um, and so if you're coming back, we're going to work that out and we're going to make sure that everything happens. Hey, we're picking up your option. Hey, we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. Hey, we're not picking up your option and you're going to be free to go. Uh, you know, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate your work for this year, blah, blah, blah. Have, you can clean out your locker and we'll see you whenever you get back. So those are the types of things that are happening right now. Those discussions have been made. Um, that's, we're assuming that, and I can say with pretty, with pretty much certainty that the technical decisions have for the most part been made. Okay. So, uh, the technical staff has gone through the stuff. So they are looking at how they're building their roster for 2022. And remember there's roster decisions, option picks up, pickups out of contract players, those types of things, option declines, uh, that we usually get privy to. Now, um, it's unlikely that that gets released on Friday. Um, and, I think it's unlikely that it happens the, the week of Thanksgiving, but it could. Um, if there's an announcement on Friday, it's a different one. Um, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, when we look at what we're, what, what, are ha- what is happening with the LA Galaxy right now, we're looking at what decisions they're going to make on the roster. And we have those, you know, seven or eight players that were, um, you know, up for grabs in terms of are they coming back? And we talked about Dan Starris and how he actually has a contract. And so that's not even a decision, except if you're going to move him. So these are the discussions that the technical staff, you know, they probably sat down with Dan and said, hey, we're going to have you back. Or, hey, no, we're not going to have you back. And we're going to be looking to trade you in the offseason. So where do you want to go? Um, you know, give us an idea of what you're thinking and maybe we can make something happen. No guarantees, blah, 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 the whole deal. I mean, if you're a smart manager, that's what you're doing. Uh, the, the wrench in all this is whether or not Dennis DeClosa is playing any part in this because he's already gone or whether he's staying. It was made aware and very clear to me again today that as a technicality, as a technicality, Dennis DeClosa has a 2022 contract with the LA Galaxy. He is under club control until 2022. So if he goes somewhere else, the club would have to allow him to go. Uh, they need to have to make money off that deal or they would, uh, would allow him to go for free. All right. So those that's that's the position that we're in. I, I will say in my discussions as well, I also felt that there was a little more optimistic tone today, which is really frustrating for somebody like me who's like, it's 90-10, Dennis DeClosa is not coming back because that's the discussions I had, you know, last week and this week it's like, oh, well maybe it's more 70, 30. Um, so it, it's again, it, I, I, it's tough to tell, but I imagine that decision happens soon within the next couple days, whether it's Friday, whether it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe we're going to find out what the future holds with Dennis DeClosa. Okay. So those are the things to sort of keep in mind as we roll through this and try to figure out exactly what decisions they're going to make. Um, Again, roster decisions coming out soon, possibly, probably if it doesn't happen next week on the Monday or Tuesday, it's unlikely to happen Wednesday. And that means that you're probably pushing it into the following Monday because um, you don't want to get involved in all that stuff. But you're the LA Galaxy. You probably also have to abide, abide by MLS and MLS right now is getting ready for the playoffs. And you don't want to like be inserting your announcements into those playoff announcements. You want to have them sort of separate. So you put them at the beginning of the week, those types of things. These are all just 
patterns that sort of come up with with what we've seen in the past. So that's what we're looking. That's what you're expecting. So two announcements that we're looking for, right? Dennis DeClosa, his his future with the Yellow Galaxy, his non-future with the Yellow Galaxy. Um, and then also the, uh, the, the options, option decline, option picks up pickups and those roster decisions that the galaxy have to make early on. So that's where, that's where the LA galaxy are. Those are the announcements that we're expected to hear. Um, you know, possibly again, if Dennis DeClosa is leaving, right, then the announcement comes out on Friday afternoon because it's not something that they necessarily want to hype and it's not something they necessarily want to talk about. Uh, if he's staying, it's almost like you don't even need an announcement except to say that the LA Galaxy have, uh, you know, have uh, optioned or picked up the option of Dennis DeClose's uh, 2022 contract. And that's it because he's staying, right? It's it's very like low key almost. So it doesn't even have to be an announcement. That could come out on Monday. It's like, oh yeah, happy days. All good. Um, I, I, you know, I, I still feel like there's, there's no way he's staying, but you know, I, again, things change, right? People talk. Kevin at least was right on uh, on Monday night whenever he said, you know, people continue to talk. And if people continue to talk, then you don't know. Um, sort of where you're at with that. So those are the decisions. Um, the other things that might come out is like just the out of contract players. Well, Jonathan Dos Santos is an out of contract player, right? Maybe Sasha Kleshin is an out of contract player. Um, there's out of contract players that you can sort of see be like, oh, okay, these are the guys who are who are going to be, you know, either free agents or out of contract at the end of this year. Um, and the LA Galaxy are making decision right now. Now, a lot of times what those out of contracts will come up saying is uh, this person's out of contract, but we continue to negotiate with them, right? So, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the answer. And by the way, chat room, correct. Uh, who's making the decisions on the players. You would think they had already been made by Dennis DeClose and Vanny. I would imagine that they have for the most part. All right. I imagine that things are just being finalized right now. And then this announcement comes, but depending on if Dennis DeClose is part of those discussions or not is a great question. He was probably part of the discussions that happened a few months ago, but if he's not going to be there anymore, then whoever's going to be that general manager, and we're assuming that it's going to be Dennis DeClosa, or excuse me, Greg Vanny. Great job. Way to confuse everybody. We're assuming that if it's not Dennis DeClosa, then Greg Vanny picks up the GM or at least a technical, you know, technical president of however they word it whenever they want to make sure that somebody has some oversight but not full oversight. And then, you know, they're going to try to mix and match the jobs. Quite honestly, it drives me all crazy. And I'm tired of all the captains of the ship, too many captains of the ship, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen, however you want to say it. So, that's sort of where we sit with um, with those decisions. So those decisions are the things that are coming up next, uh, and you know they they won't talk about them until they're they're coming out. But I've had some discussions on some of these things, and obviously the Jonathan Dos Santos decision has been talked about for probably the last four or five months, probably since the summertime. Um, and so I, that that's already been made. I would imagine Jonathan Dos Santos knows it's already been made too. So uh, that's where we sit. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll sort of follow that up. And again, if you see an announcement that's tomorrow afternoon on Friday afternoon, then it's probably the dentist close is leaving because that's where it wants to get buried, right? If you see something come out on Monday morning, then that might be the, the roster decisions. And the longer the dentist to close announcement doesn't happen, the longer and the better chances are that he's staying with the LA Galaxy. At least that's what it feels like. Um, so we'll see how that goes into uh, into all that. Chat room being funny, saying Giovanni Dos Santos is a free agent. You absolutely could go pick up Gio. Um, if you wanted, he is a free agent. So that's where we sit with that. Uh, let's see. We talked about that. We talked about that. Let's get to um, the young player of the year. Now, we told you whenever this was announced that Julian Araujo was a finalist, uh, along with uh, Tejan Buchanan and Ricardo Pepe, uh, New England, FC Dallas, respectively, uh, that it was probably, you know, Pepe's uh, award to uh, to lose. And we ended up being right. <laughs> in that sense. Um, but I have a feeling and I really feel this way and, and I will criticize the media mostly because I didn't get a vote in this. So I can't, I I won't be criticizing myself, but if you look at the percentage of the player in the club and the media votes and how it came down, let's tell you what Julian Araujo got. Julian Araujo got 3.1% of the player votes. That's probably everybody on the LA galaxy. Uh, they got 3% of the club votes. Uh, Araujo got 3% of the club votes and 3.4% of the media votes. Again, I do not have a, um, I do not have a vote in this. So none of those count for me. So, uh, that's where we got, uh, if you look at, uh, Buchanan, Buchanan got 31.3% of the player vote. Ricardo Pepe got 22.9% of the player vote. Uh, Buchanan got 42.4% of the club vote and Pepe got 36.4% of the club vote. So, uh, Pepe, you lost both of those. Uh, when it comes to the media, however, the media gave it almost 60, 20, 
uh, in favor of Pepe, uh, Ricardo Pepe. So 59.10 for Pepe and 19.7% for Buchanan. I feel like the media got it wrong. All right. I feel like the I feel like the media got it wrong in this. And it, the only reason is that if you look at the clubs and you look at the players, they're telling you who they thought it was. And they're like, it was Buchanan. Um, I will I will say this in defense of the media, and this is one of the reasons I'm glad I don't have a vote. Um, and the reason is that there's no way I could ever watch 26 teams, or yeah, 26 teams or 13 games. Uh, you know, a, a, a playing session either Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, some games on Monday, some games in the middle of the week. Sometimes you have to watch all these. I can't, I can't. And I've tried. I've tried to watch a ton of games. The most I can probably get through is maybe three in a weekend. Right. And that includes the LA Galaxy. So always watching that one and watch that one intently and trying to watch any of the other ones. Good luck. Um, and one of the hardest things and one of the reasons that I think Araujo is underrepresented in this final. And certainly I think Buchanan and Pepe are understand. I mean, Buchanan got his team and helped get his team to uh, a, a record point total in, in New England with 73 first in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, you know, I think they finished first by like 20 something points. So. Uh, you know, whatever he did in that is, was obviously he was a huge integral part of that. And there's a reason for that. And if you look at Ricardo Pepe, he was on a crappy Dallas team uh, and he scored a lot of goals and did a lot of things. Now, again, Araujo is underrepresented in this because he's a defender. All right. Um, and because he's a defender, uh, he's not going to get the respect that he probably deserves in a lot of these cases. And so we, ha we have to understand that we have to be okay with that and, and understanding and, and knowing that it was probably a two man race anyway. And Julian Araujo stole, stole some points in there and, and did some things. Okay. So Araujo barely beat out uh, Daryl DK, by the way. Um, if you remember Daryl DK's crazy year to start, um, he was outstanding, but also a lot of that happened while he wasn't a member of uh, Orlando. He was, he was over in England. Um, so there was, there were those things to sort of take a look at as well. So those are the the things. Uh, Ricardo Pepe ended up winning this. I think Buchanan, if you look at what the players and the clubs are telling you, they're saying it was clearly Buchanan and it's their job to watch. If it was my job to watch this, I would, I would do a better job. Um, but it's not my job to watch the league play. I'm not a national reporter. I am a beat reporter for the LA Galaxy. I cover just them. And so if I don't see New England play all year because I've only watched them play a couple times here and there, um, there's un it's unlikely that I have an opinion on Buchanan. And because reporters are spread so thin, I think it's impossible to even find, you know, what are you going to find highlights of, of Julian Araujo defending? Like, do you, have you seen the highlights of games? That's usually how I catch up on things around leagues. I watch a four minute highlight package. They don't usually detail defensive side. So a defender is always going to have a tough time, especially going against some offensive weapons like this. So that's sort of where you sit there. Uh, Pepe wins the Young Player Award. There's lots of, of argument about whether he was in or not. Again, I think if you're a casual, you say, of course, it's Ricardo Pepe. But a lot of that comes because you saw him play in the national team. Uh, and that really shouldn't affect anything that happens uh, for this award. But of course, we know it does. It's all about optics and, and sort of how uh, that gets played in. So uh, that's it. The the award that we're expecting Julian Araujo to have a very good chance at is the Humanitarian of the Year for the league. Um, so that's the one to watch. Chicharito is one of the MVP guys. He's not going to make it. Um, and let's see, I was trying to see if I had any more on, on the, uh, the, the other awards, but you know what? It doesn't matter. That's sort of where it sits. So I was going to say Shohei Otani won an MVP in the, the American league. If anybody cares about that, uh, I guess that's about, that's what, what it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, by the way, I did like, I did like the one person in the, in the chat room who said you should definitely tr trade Dan Starris for Walker Zimmerman. Do you know how often I know it's a joke, but do you know how often I get people who are telling me they're like, oh, well, you should just get all the best American players and put and just trade for them and get them on your team. Yeah, that's a great idea. I think everybody will just be willing to let those guys go for not very much money. It's a great. It's it's solid. It's solid team building. I mean, it's a good idea. Now go out and make it happen. So that's where we're at um, for the awards there. Uh, one of the things, and we sort of talked about Dennis Close already, but one of the things that is affecting the LA Galaxy right now, in a roundabout way, uh, if you remember, and if you've been paying any sort of attention to uh, Staples Center and the Lakers, or the home of the Lakers and the Kings and the Sparks um, and the Clippers uh, at down in uh, down at Staples Center in downtown LA, right? Um, always, uh, always a fun place to go down and, and sort of walk around. Well, it's been named the Staples Center since 1999. Coincidentally, the year that I graduated high school. It's starting to make me, I, I, I'm starting to feel old. 
I don't know if all of you are feeling old, um, but I'm starting to feel old with, with all this stuff. Whenever they go, oh, 1999, I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't that long ago. Oh, wait, let me do the math. Um, so $700 million deal now for the renaming rights, the naming rights to Staples Center will no longer be Staples Center. It'll be Crypto.com Arena. Now, why are we talking about this on an LA Galaxy podcast? Why does it matter? Because, of course, we know that AEG owns Staples Center and they develop all that stuff. Um, you know, there's even, and by the way, there has been talks of developing a soccer-specific stadium in downtown LA. Uh, where the LA Convention Center is and reworking that. You remember with the Farmer's Field days, whenever AEG was like, we'll build somebody, an NFL stadium. That was when Tim Laiwiki was there, somebody with that, with some real vision. Um, and there was talks of the Galaxy going down and playing in that stadium as well. Uh, so anyway, that whole downtown area down there, crypto.com uh, arena will be its new name. Yes, it's stupid. But why would you allow it to be stupid? And the answer is $700 million is why. And I believe it's a 20-year deal. So it's quite a chunk of change. Uh, and that money goes to AEG, right? The Lakers don't own that arena. I think they own like a part and a piece of it. But um, it's it's operated by AEG. And AEG, it's what they do. They operate arenas. They operate concert venues. They operate that whole area down there. Um, and it's why it's it's such a, a big cohesive unit down there. And they got the Nokia Theater. And they probably changed the name of that too somewhere. Um, whenever I've been down there, but yeah, a great place, but $700 million is a lot. This is why it's good for the galaxy though. Anytime AEG gets $700 million, that's $700 million that goes into AEG's pocket that allows them to do stuff with it. And they can spend it on the Lakers. Uh, they can spend it on the arena. They can spend it on the Kings, which they own parts of. Um, they can spend it on these teams or these facilities or these places that they own. And that includes the LA galaxy. All right, so $700 million is what that deal is. And that means, hey, so what? Do you got like, you know, you got some money to go ahead and, you know, maybe build something for the LA Galaxy or, or upgrade things or go out and get players or sign designated players and the whole whole deal. So anyway, crypto.com is the new name. Um, I think we'll all get used to it, although it'll be stupid and we'll see how long it actually lasts when and whenever they stop paying their bills, if that all goes under. Um, but right now, that's what it is. And $700 million is a lot of money. Um, that's a, you can name it whatever you want for $700 million. So, um, that's what the new name will be. And that ultimately helps AEG and that helps it. It also throws back obviously, uh, and I have in my notes here just so I could remember it all was the stadium that the LA galaxy play in and how it was originally a home Depot center. And then it was StubHub center. And now it's dignity health sports park and how we go through these naming things. And, and I sort of was thinking here and I wanted to be you know, old and reminiscent and be like, Oh, I liked it better. Whenever they like the, the stadiums had names that you could just sort of keep. And we've talked about different names for, you know, what you could call the, the, the field. And I see in my mind, one of the things that you, you got to take these corporate sponsors because you don't want to not take the money, right? That's the big thing for the galaxy. You want to take dignity, health sports, uh, dignity, health. Um, you want to take their money. And so because they want to give it to you, right? And they're the ones who paid for it. And so you want to do that and you change all the signs and you do all the things and you learn it differently because you, that money helps your team. That money goes into your team and it does what, you know, it can to help the facilities and all the things. So you want that, but you're also missing something, right? I mean, some people go, well, I still call it the Home Depot Center. Congratulations. You, you call it a big box, you know, do it yourself store. Um, that's what you're used to because it was the first name. It's not like it's, uh, for me, uh, mile high, right in Denver, it's the Mile High Stadium, and it's in Vesco Field at Mile High, right? So they still have that history there, and so that's what I think you're sort of missing. But it's also fun to just say, "Oh, Home Depot Center, Stubhub Center, Dignity Hill Sports Park." Um, it all gets a little crazy. I don't like it whenever they change the name. Duh. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot about yeah, and 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 we're the the chat room is saying you know um, Victoria Park or Avalon or name it after the streets around it. Do something like that. Uh, people always joke and call it the Bruce Arena. Ah, oh, yes, that's funny too. Um, but it would be nice to have a name and then just say, you know, this is the name it's Victoria park, you know, uh, Victoria park at dignity health sports park or Victoria center at dignity health sports park, or however you want to do that. So that way you can still have something that that way you can always be like, Oh, it's Victoria park, but the sponsors that are there, they're, they're going to want to play, pay less money whenever you do that too, because it's not the name, right? So there is advantages to it. I think ultimately, if you want the money to improve your team and do things, then you shrug your shoulders and call it whatever you want. You can call it the diggity um, if you want. Uh, the digs, Dignity Health Sports Park. Uh, we used to call it the stubby. 
uh, whenever StubHub Center, uh, Home Depot Center was always easy, the HDC, right? So all those things have happened and they will continue to happen uh, as as we continue down this long road of being uh, being a part and following a, you know, a sports team. These are the things that come over um, over and over again, but also things that have happened. And this is this is interesting. Uh, I've been following and watching the chat groups and the different things. There's some people in our discord who went and there's some people on Reddit who went. But MLS held a focus group in Los Angeles specifically around the LA Galaxy and what they were looking for. Um, it seems from secondhand information that was put out onto these message boards and stuff like that, um, that MLS was asking questions on behalf of the LA Galaxy talking about a rebrand or a refresh. Uh, now, uh, again, this is not the first time the LA Galaxy would ever have a rebrand or a refresh, and I'm not saying they're thinking about doing it, but they're asking the focus group about it. So the people who went to this focus group could ultimately have a you know, a say in what happens or at least lead the LA Galaxy in a certain direction. I, I've, I feel like there are probably people within this organization right now who have not been with the LA Galaxy for very long who are like, man, I would love to lead the LA Galaxy through a refresh, a, a brand refresh. And, and, you know, you almost have to discount the 2008, 2007 rebrand uh, whenever David Beckham came on, the change in colors and everything else. Okay, I... I it's tough because it's tough to say, oh, well, you know, the LA Galaxy is original. You don't have to worry about that, you know, 26 years. But the bottom line is it hasn't been 26 years. Um, and and I'm not saying they're going to change the name of the LA Galaxy because that would be stupid. N nobody in their right mind is going to change that. It has too much ca worldwide capital, right? But what do you do with the crest? What do you do with things? Do you refresh? Do you make it better? Do you, do you try to twe tweak something? Do you try to bring it more modern? Do you go more retro? I mean, the, the trend right now is retro, but the LA Galaxy logo kind of trends retro anyway because it is retro, right? I mean, there's even, I wouldn't, ar I would argue that maybe you even go retro retro for a little while and have a true throwback kit that actually is a throwback and you'd have to worry about Nike and Adidas and all those other things, but you could do something like that. Um, so I think if you're talking about a rebrand, it's not like they're going to suddenly name it's going to be, oh, you know, L.A. Galaxy United or um, or, you know, L.A. City City thing. I don't know what however they want to try to rename it. It's stupid. Um, and I don't think that that's what would happen. But they are always looking at that refresh. I personally think. And this is my own personal opinion that right now they don't have the horses nor the leadership in order to accomplish that. Um and so uh, because of that, I would I would expect that they approach it cautiously if they are doing it. But this is what they're asking for. And we also thought maybe they would ask questions about uh, a new stadium as well and a downtown stadium. And again, I just talked to you about it. AEG owns stuff downtown. They may eventually decide that having a 40,000 seat stadium in downtown L.A. is beneficial to them. But then what do you do with you know, the, the complex that's at Dignity Hill Sports Park right now. I mean, that's a real complex and it has, it does real things. It hosts games. It is a training center on the West Coast. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that it's a positive, but it's getting an age. And so eventually you have to ask yourself, are you going to take the bulldozer to it? Because it is an MLS 1.0 soccer specific stadium. Now it's like 1.5 because if you look in Columbus, uh, had the original like 1.0 stadium and the Galaxy never even approached that, but they've thrown a lot of money into that. But that money has come from people who have played in it. So San Diego State or the Chargers or that type of thing, um, you know, the XFL, they've used that money that they've gotten from that to throw back into the stadium and up make those upgrades, right? So those are the, the you know, those are the questions that AG, I, I have always said this, if they could move down to downtown and they thought that they could get a, um, and they think that they they could that would be the best use of that land, um, then they would. I think they would, AEG would do it. I I can foresee in my lifetime, uh, LAG uh, LA Galaxy moving to a downtown stadium in with AEG sort of in charge there. Now it depends if AEG wants to stay in this soccer model and continue. I think they do because they see the upside of it, um, and they'd have to see the upside in order to make this move. Uh, but you know, does that happen now? No. Chill out, everybody. No, it's not. Um, so it could happen in two years. It could happen in 10 or 15 years. 
Uh, personally, I see them keep making upgrades to Dignity Health Sports Park, and I go, okay, well, what are you going to do to that if it's not there? Like, if you're not going to have the LA Galaxy play at Dignity Health Sports Park, and they're going to move to a downtown stadium, what are you going to do to that land? And I think it's leased from um, Cal State Dominguez Hills. So, you know, there'd have to be a whole discussion about how what you could even do with that because you don't own the land, and it probably has a specific uh, usage agreement in that lease um, to, to have that stadium there. So it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. That, that comes back and forth. And I listen, I like to believe, and, and I, I am not a, this is impossible. It's never going to happen. Um, because that's, that's, I, I don't believe that. I don't believe it's impossible. I don't believe it's impossible. The LA galaxy would have a downtown stadium or a stadium somewhere else besides where they're at right now. I don't believe that. I, I believe that that is absolutely a possibility because you're talking to a company that has billions and billions of dollars. Um, and if they think they can gain an advantage or a foothold from having a downtown stadium place in the LA Galaxy downtown or in another area location, then they might do that. All right. Oh, there you go. That's my little that's my little focus group talk. So they were asking about that and they were asking about, you know, sort of the refresh thing. I, again, I wouldn't worry about it too much um, because it takes some giant huevos in order to, to go ahead and say, I'm going to refresh this brand that is worldwide known. Um, and you can say it was before David Beckham came, but really once Beckham came, you have stamped that, that logo and that crest on everything now since 2008. And if you want to change that, you have to be real careful with how you change that. I mean, Juventus, I think tried to upgrade their logo and people hated it. Right. I mean, look at all the logos that come out for all these expansion teams or, or Chicago fire messing it up multiple times. The LA galaxy would have to know that they were hundred percent right in trying to change something. And I don't think you can be that certain of that. I think that that's a super huge gamble for a franchise right now that's sort of struggling to get out from underneath its uh, poor performance since, you know, 2017. So keep that in mind. We'll finish up with this tonight. Um, odds to win MLS Cup. Who are you betting on? Uh, so I went and, and saw MLS put out the odds for, for all the different teams. So New England is plus 300, right? The best, your best chance. New England Revolution, plus 300, no surprise. Seattle Sounders, plus 525. I think that's a bad bet, by the way. Um, if you're going to bet somebody on who in the Western Conference who's you know a better bet than that, I think Colorado would be a better guess on that at plus 625. Um, but you're looking for like the value buys here, right? If you're really looking for the buy value. So uh, let's see. Uh, we have Seattle Sounders at plus 525. Colorado Rapids at plus 625. Sporting Kansas City at plus 650, Portland Timbers at plus 950, Philadelphia Union at plus 1050. That might be a value buy. Uh, actually, the best value buy is right here, Nashville at 1150. Um, that for me is one that I think is realistic in that Eastern Conference because Nashville is so hard to play. Um, and so, um, you know, what? keep an eye on Nashville, but plus 1150 is not a bad thing to take a flyer on if you really want to bet. Uh, New York City FC plus 1250, Orlando City plus 1500, Atlanta is plus 1900 Minnesota plus 22 Real Salt Lake plus 22 New York Red Bulls plus 2500 you know New York Red Bulls is not a horrible bet at plus 2500 just because it's such long odds and they were only I think six points worse than the Philadelphia Union so seeing them advance past Philadelphia would not be a surprise especially in a one-off game uh, and then you have the Vancouver Whitecaps at plus 2800 you want the long shot that still has a chance Vancouver Whitecaps at plus 2800 so <clears throat> that's where we're at was your betting? So I mean, who? I, if if I am guessing right now, who is in the finals, um, the MLS Cup finals? Who? Okay, so the so on the eastern side, I think New England and Nashville um, very well could be those two teams there at the end. Um, I'm trying to see. Do I have my? I don't have my chart with me. Really should have brought up my chart because I, you know, you can you can also say, oh well. You know, these things, the, those two teams can't even play each other because of the way the seating is. And then Josh is like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a moron. And I've been really trying to do um, to, to lay off the soccer stuff because it's been just absolutely blasting my head uh, for a little while here. Uh, no, you don't want to give it to me. You don't want you don't want to help me out. Nope. OK, anyway, uh, I think Nashville and uh, and uh, New England are, are sort of the two teams in the Eastern Conference to pay attention to. Um, I think Seattle will probably be there, but I actually think Seattle could get bounced in the first round. I didn't like the way they finished out the season. I don't think that they were that strong. Uh, I think Colorado Rapids could be a Western Conference final team. Um, certainly the other team in that is Sporting Kansas City. So between those three teams, you know, two of those guys are going to come out of that. Uh, I think the final might very well be... <sighs> 
see, I, I think New England, I've been saying Nashville the whole time, but Nashville is more of a dark horse. I think New England makes it out of the Eastern Conference because it's weak in the New England Revolution at Bruce Arena um, and that they're probably going to end up playing somebody like the Colorado Rapids, um, which, by the way, I just picked two first seed teams. They're, they finished first in the Eastern and first in the Western Conference. But yeah, that's where that's where we're at. Um, that's where I'm seeing that. So I, I really do think that, um, there's some, there's some dark horses here. Vancouver could cause a whole bunch of problems. Um, absolutely hundred percent could cause a whole bunch of problems. So we'll just keep an eye on it. All right. So the, the, the playoffs actually starting this weekend. Um, so you're going to want to keep an eye on that and we'll see if we can, uh, we can sort of continue. We'll keep an eye on this as we're going and doing, you know, the rest of our, our stuff as we talk about the offseason stuff. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on the MLS Cup playoffs and sort of see how that goes down. And that way you can all pay attention for next year whenever the Galaxy do make the playoffs under Greg Vanny, right? That's what we're all that's what we're all saying. Greg Vanny has uh, has that to, to look forward to. So that is where we're at. All right. Uh, so our schedule for next week, no shows, uh, no show on Monday, no show on Thursday, especially not on Thursday, but I'm going to podcast on a Thanksgiving. I'm crazy. I'm not that crazy. Uh, I have family in town. Uh, I have uh, I have my oldest in town. So it'll be quite the fun um, family gathering. Uh, and hopefully everybody will be able to get together and stay safe. I hope everybody stays safe out there as well. A, a very happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you enjoy your time with your family if you're able to. Uh, and if not, I hope you're staying safe. hope you're eating lots of turkey. Um, although turkey's not even the best part of a turkey meal. We've talked about that many times on this show before. Um, you know, I'm more of a mashed potatoes and stuffing person. And I will load my plate appropriately to that. All right. 100% I will load my, my plate more with stuffing and more with mashed potatoes. Some turkey, some good dark meat turkey. All right, fan of the dark meat. Give me that fat and that flavor. Uh, put it up there, and then uh, you know, put some gravy over the entire thing. Now, the one thing you probably won't see on my plate is vegetables because I'm not wasting my turkey. I eat vegetables. I had vegetables tonight for dinner before I had um, I had some pesto uh, that my wife made for my son. So she threw some peas in there as well. So we said peas with some pasta, some pesto. It was very delicious. Enjoyed it very much. So I do get my vegetables, but on Turkey Day. I've waited, you know, how many hours for that meal? I am going to focus in on the, the the protein and the carbs. All right. I like ham. Ham is great. Just not on Thanksgiving. I'm just, I'm not that fan. Although uh, my, my wife is from the East Coast uh, and they do a stuffed ham a lot of times on the East Coast. There's a great story. Can I tell the story without getting in trouble? Let me think. Is anybody going to hear this story? Nah, I'll tell you. It's just you and me. So, uh, one of the first times I went back to Thanksgiving, uh, with my, my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. We went back to, uh, her mom's place and her, her mom's a wonderful lady. I, I love her to death. She's, she's really nice to me. And, um, we always have a good time. Yeah. This is totally going to get me in trouble somehow. Somebody's going to hear this and get me in trouble. I know. So anyway, so we go and you know, her, her mom's very much a, a person who, who's a numbers person. Right. And so you're like, Oh, well, you know, do you, do you, she, she invited all these people over for that for Thanksgiving and she doesn't, she's not normally like the, the cook person, but we're like, we'll help no problems. And so she's like, well, I have a stuffed ham and we imagine that everybody's going to have the stuffed ham. She goes, oh, so, so I'm not going to get that big of a turkey. We're like, okay, we're like, not a problem, but like still there's, I think there were like 14 people coming over. It's a lot of people, right? So you have a stuffed ham, sure. And then you have a turkey and you're like, okay, between those two things, they'll be playing for everybody. Well, she went out to get the turkey without us. And, and so she came back with the turkey, 14 people coming. She had a nine pound turkey. <laughs> she had a nine pound turkey. Um, and, <laughs> and she comes back and we're like, Oh, you only bought a nine pound turkey. And nobody wanted to be like, what are you thinking? There's 14 people coming. The ham's not that big. The turkey's not that big. And, and she was justifying it. She was the whole thing. She was like, no, don't worry. People are going to have more ham. And so we don't need a big turkey. And so nine pounds, nine pounds is like this little tiny bird, right? I mean, come on. Um, it's, it's so super funny. So, so here's the best part about this is you would think that with 14 people that the turkey would be decimated. There would be no leftovers. You wouldn't have it. But there was so little turkey. People were afraid to actually eat it. And because they were afraid to eat it, we had leftovers of turkey the next day. And her mom was in her, in her mind, justified for having a nine pound turkey, right? For 14 people. All right. By the way, a 14 people, if you do like two pounds per person should be like 28 pounds. So you'd probably end up, if you were doing it smartly, I would do two 14 pound birds. Uh, and then you have leftovers and you do a whole thing. Yeah. It's people are like, it was a chicken. Was it? No, it was a turkey. It was a nine pound turkey, but there were leftovers. So we laugh about that all the time. 
uh, in this house where we talk about, you know, the nine pound turkey and how there were leftovers uh, afterwards. So great time. Her mom's awesome. Uh, and I love her to death. And uh, usually when we go back, she's uh, my wife is from uh, Maryland, Southern Maryland. We have crabs and, and all that stuff. So is, we have no problems with food. Uh, it was just hysterical that there was leftover turkey from a nine pound turkey. And I remember having like this little tiny piece of turkey and being like, that better enjoy this because this is all you're getting. And there was there was turkey left for turkey sandwiches the next day. So we are we are. Yeah, it was it was good. Nobody tell my wife that I told that story, by the way. I will get in trouble. All right. Uh, I think that about does it. Let's go ahead again. Wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, love each other. Have some fun out there. Uh, have a beer for for me. Uh, we will get into this offseason. If there's any updates, obviously, we'll put it out on Corner of the Galaxy in terms of any contract stuff or anything that comes up during this sort of off time. But otherwise, we will be back on the following Monday after uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll be back on Thursday as well. We are very close to show number 900. All right? 900. We are very close to. Um, I'm trying to get there before the end of the year. We probably should. Um, I think I'm only four or five shows away, so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but we're getting close to 900 in this. Uh, I checked today and 417,000 listens, watches between YouTube and everything combined. So you you all are doing awesome. I think our numbers are up about 15% over last year, which, by the way, last year actually was a very good year for us, even in a pandemic and a turndown. Um, so, yeah, that's where, we're, that's where we're going. You guys are doing awesome. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Go listen to the Adam Sandler Thanksgiving song. Um, kids, if you don't know what that is, uh, make sure you ask your parents permission before that. I don't want to get in trouble on that one either. So, uh, that's where it is. I'll probably already be in the doghouse cause somebody will tell her about that, that story I did, but Hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully I'll still be alive on uh, the next Monday whenever we get back. All right. Um, does that it? Yeah, that's it. We're going to go. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast, head on over to corner That's where you can find all of our writing, all of our podcasts, all that fun stuff right there. Corner subscribe to YouTube like review comment do all that fun stuff soundcloud spotify anywhere you get your your podcast you can find us like subscribe give us a comment all those fun stuff so hope you all have a wonderful thanksgiving when we get back this room probably going to be decorated for christmas we'll have a christmas tree in here for sure i'm that kind of guy so that's where we're at have a great weekend we'll catch you after thanksgiving love you guys see ya you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.